Hello, everybody, and welcome back to a long overdue episode of the Plus Dave podcast, a Tottenham Hotspur themed show brought to you by an assortment of Spurs fans and a Leeds fan called Dave. I'm very happy to say that Dave joins us today, despite not perhaps being in the most festive of spirits. And we're also joined, as always, by Elio, who we'll get on to in a second. But Dave, first of all, welcome back. It's been a long old two weeks. Do you ever have to do this? Um, no. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 thanks. Good to be back. Yeah. I was, I was just thinking, I can't remember the last time when Spurs actually had a game of football. Well, um, but yeah, so today, it's, it's good, while, to, good it? to be back and, uh, and watching a bit of football, I yeah. guess. But I guess also I hate sport and I, yeah. I want it all to end. <laughs> so, you know. Well, well, you're doing a very good job of faking your festive spirit by wearing a nice fluffy Santa hat at the moment for our listeners who can't see. You've got a grumpy face, but then this jolly hat on. It's a bit of yeah, a I'm going pure Billy Bob Thornton right now. Yeah. I think that's just his face. <laughs> that's just my normal face. <laughs> I like it. Well, you've got the, the glass of wine as well, which just tops you up to the jolly side. So uh, it's a very good effort. And Elio, Elio, welcome back again. Two weeks off. Are you feeling refreshed, rested? <laughs> uh, I am not enjoying side effects of my booster jab right oh, now. Dear. So oh, so wow. thankfully, I, I enjoyed the match tonight. So that's going to keep me going till the end of the episodes. But Quite a match as well. I don't think we can call ourselves an assortment of Spurs fans anymore, to tell you the truth. Because... No. It's me, on the basis that you're the host. A duet of Spurs fans. A, Ooh, uh, a combo yeah. of Spurs fans, maybe. Yeah, I might have to tweak that intro, but you know, it's been a while since I've done this, so I'm going to ease my way back into it. But you mentioned the game just now. Obviously, quite a game. I mean, to say the least, it was arguably the match of the season. I mean, yeah, if you're going to wait two weeks for a match, then yeah. what a match to get out of it. <laughs> How would you sum up your emotions at this point, looking back on the match? What's going to be your overriding emotion? So, it's a funny one. My dad and I chose not to go because we didn't want to risk catching COVID and getting a positive right before Christmas and having sort of Christmas Day ruined by isolation and all that rubbish but I was watching it the entire time thinking I wish I was there it was uh, yeah. and not just because we played well which we did but because it was a genuinely amazing spectacle it was end to end it had everything mm. you want out of the football match goals great passing moves ferocious tackles it was such a good match and mm. and like I said if you're going to wait two weeks for a match of football then and to be fair I didn't watch any other football in the meantime because I just couldn't be bothered because I was so depressed about <laughs> our match is getting called off one after the other, yeah. especially after the Burnley snow gate. So yeah, it was a nice reminder that football actually is good fun. A good one for the neutrals, as the old cliche goes. And I guess, Dave, you're almost a neutral. I mean, I like to think you were slightly rooting for Spurs, but how did you find that game today? Well, I kind of dipped in and out of it. It was certainly back and forth. Um, <laughs> was it a bit boring I, for you, Dave? Well, <laughs> not enough yeah, goals. Got, I have other priorities and I'm not a Spurs <laughs> fan. So, you know, you're just going to have to let me off there, aren't you? You're going to have um, to remind me at least one more time. <laughs> Later. But... Yeah, I did actually, interestingly, I did jump into, I'm, I'm sure we'll talk about everything that happened in that game, but I mm. jumped into it and I literally started watching and within three seconds was the um, Kane chance where Deli Ali fudged a kind of mm. a sideways pass to him. And then obviously 25, maybe 30 seconds later, there was a corner that Kane, well, I mean, he was stretching his neck for it, but you know, it was a yeah, chance. I remember. I felt, mm-hmm. like, I felt like I'd watched like 60 seconds of football and Kane's XG was about 1.8. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> yeah, but yeah, yeah I couldn't believe, couldn't believe that he didn't score one of them, to be honest. And even now, as you're talking about specific chances, I'm struggling to put it all together in my mind. And I've even I've made notes. I was saying before we came on air, I was saying I've made some notes, but my pen ran out of ink halfway through the match. I have got everything all over the place because there was just so much in that game, so many things. I mean, it's not something we're used to. I mean, most of our games Making this season. Making the match, you're so much more professional than me. Well, I mean, I try to be. It all falls apart once we actually start recording. But, you know, I prepare quite well, apart from my <laughs> challenge Elio questions, that is. Secret Santa sorted. But yeah, it's uh, it's the opposite problem. Normally, it's a case of trying to dig out something to talk about in the first half of the season. But today was a crazy game and not really sure where to begin. But Elio, before the match, let's just look at the result. Let's look at it as a 2-2 home draw against one of the best teams in the country. Very informed team. How are you looking at the result right now? Oh. Taking the performance out of it. Absolutely looking at it as a good result that I would have bitten your hands off yeah. before the game. So it's, first of all, never a bad result to get a draw home or away against a team of that quality. But more mm. so, of all the sort of bigger sides, they're the team that we have probably struggled the most against historically. We've probably beaten them the fewest times and lost to them the most times out of sort of their Man United, Chelsea, I guess... I don't really count City because until they won the lottery, we beat them home and away every season. Like, I, and since, to be fair. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I would have absolutely taken the point mm. before the game and a nice boring match at that. But obviously, as the game evolved, that point of view has changed somewhat. Yeah. And your thoughts on that point didn't change when you saw the lineups of the two teams either. You were still thinking a draw would be a result. I mean, here. you look at the lineups and Liverpool were missing Van Dijk, obviously. Yeah. And they had sort of three second choice midfielders in their midfield. So let's say they had four players out and you think okay we got a chance here but then we still don't have Romero Reguilon wasn't fit enough to start Lucas wasn't fit enough to start because he had Covid Oliver skipped the same story because he had Covid there's one over the Hoybier not even on the bench because of his Covid after effects so we actually had half of our outfield first choice not playing and Mm. you'd imagine that Liverpool partly decimated and us slightly more decimated Liverpool would always be massive favourites against us so yeah I saw the lineups and I thought, you know what, they've still got Jota, Salah and Mane up front. <laughs> but thankfully, like I always say, football's not played on paper. And if we've got a manager that can actually get players looking like absolutely brilliant new versions of themselves, we've, yeah. we've got the guy that turned Victor Moses into the best right wing back in the league. I mean, <laughs> yeah. And there are definitely a couple of players that seem to be reinventing themselves already. And we'll get on to talk mm. about individuals in due course, I'm sure. Yeah, you mentioned a lot of players out, but the team on the commentary didn't seem to be aware of that. Though I think someone should have reminded them that it wasn't just Liverpool that had players missing today, because uh, they seem to I neglect mean, to mention <laughs> that we were pretty decimated too. I think you'll remember me describing Gary Neville as a cockwomble, and <laughs> I, I, I think that's kind to tell you the truth. I think the guy is just an utter moron. He's making me miss Andy Gray and Richard Keys, and that's saying something. <laughs> And all their banter. Well, look, there were a lot of chances. It was actually our highest XG of the season, would you believe? I mean, it's quite easy to believe, isn't it? Just what Dave was saying just now. We saw about 2XG just from Kane in that (laughs) five-minute spell. But our actual XG was only 2.46 compared to a Liverpool's 1.65. So many chances to keep track of, but let's take it step by step. The first 10, 15 minutes on another day, we could have been two, maybe three up, couldn't we? If we'd been winning 4-2 at half-time, it would have been a fair reflection of the match. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was a crazy opening half an hour, and 
while Liverpool did dominate the ball, they had one chance all half, which they scored, mm. up until maybe that final 10 minutes. So let's say first 35 minutes, they had one chance inside time, which they scored. And yeah, we were all over them. I mean, Son from the Kane cross, I think, another time, gets that over the line. Yeah. Obviously, there's that great save from Deli Alley's shot. Maybe he should have gone near post because mm. the goalkeeper did dive early. But it was a really sweet hit. It's hard to criticise him too much. I even wonder how much there was an element of rust involved in the chance as we missed to tell you the truth because individually a lot of these players actually played really really well I can't actually fault mm. their all-round performances Kane, Delhi, Son but well Delhi has barely played for a couple of months and Son and Kane haven't played for a couple of weeks they didn't train for about a quarter of that time as well well Kane for a quarter Son for more because of the fact that he was one of the Covid cases so or yeah. allegedly one of the Covid cases I should say because the club have chosen not to confirm it out of respect for the players so I'm wondering if we hadn't had all these cancellations and if games had rolled on the way we'd have usually expect in December, if we're getting that till three goal margin and killing Liverpool before they even get started. It was unusual, wasn't it? Because our problem this season has been not creating chances rather than not converting them, as we've talked about many times. And I couldn't help feeling watching it that, and I think I said something to this effect earlier in our chat, that had any of Son, Kane or Ali been a former version of themselves today, we would have scored two or three goals mm. pretty quickly because they all had chances that we've seen them vary before, particularly Son this season. We've talked about Harry Kane not really being full Harry Kane yet, but do you think that's what it comes down to? Do you think it is just a case of rust or do you think the occasion might have got to them? Um, I don't think the occasion got to them. I think they were very pumped up and they played very well. They all, all the players yeah. in our team had good games and they also made the odd sloppy mistake as well, to tell you the truth. But I think we came up against still a good side with a great goalkeeper, obviously. I think yeah. Harry Kane, the goal he did score was the one where the entire movement he did to get past the defender and scoring kind of all one movement was very instinctive. And the chances he missed were the ones where yeah, he actually had a little think. bit of thinking space. Mm. And um, I think that's symptomatic of a guy who's not at his peak confidence. But like I said, the rest of his game was great. I think Delhi just hasn't been a regular scorer for such a long time now that yeah. we no longer really expect Delhi to score those chances whereas once upon a time you do expect him to score those chances but once again th this was his best game in years I thought he was fantastic today it was so nice actually seeing mm. Delhi break into the box time after time so nice seeing him actually dribble past people again and, and actually drive us forward it was, it was fantastic and listen Son 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 goes from the sublime to the ridiculous within sort of one single motion yeah. sometimes but he is our top scorer this season for a reason and that's because you can rely on him to at least take one chance a game yeah he can almost be simultaneously the best and worst player on the pitch in game sometimes yeah he's the one that is the most threatening and involved but then seems to make a lot of mistakes because of all the time he gets in the ball Dave I want to ask you about the early game but I'm conscious that you joined a little bit late at what point can we ask you questions about this match have you, have you gone back have you seen the first goal at least can we <laughs> no, I've, I've, I've checked in the highlights um, <laughs> that's and, a good uh... start and so I've you seen the first goal. I'm, I'm really interested about Ali's. Uh, well, it's, I guess you can't call it Ali's miss, can you? Because it was a save. It was a save. But, Let's give Ali credit. I'd be fascinated. I feel like I feel like Alison might have done him a favour there because he got like the featherest of feather touches to it. I think it was probably mm. going wide already. Maybe. But yeah, I'm I'm fascinated to see what happens next with Delhi Ali because you know obviously the news came out from a few sources early in the week to say that he was available for loan in January. And then obviously mm. puts in a performance like that. Maybe they change their minds. Maybe they don't. Maybe he goes to Leeds and revitalizes our season. Um, but <laughs> I would, love that. certainly wouldn't say no to that. Bit of Spurs Leeds corporation would not go amiss at the moment. Yeah. As long as it's not Harry Winks. Well. Any, anybody's better than that. 
Uh, I mean, Harry, well, you say that, Dave. player on the pitch today. You say I'd, that. I'd take, I'd take uh, Longstaff over Winks. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. How many? What's that? Twenty minutes in? Fifteen minutes in? No, look. Let's talk about Harry Winks because you've made a little cheap shot there at Harry Winks. But I think I got plenty was, of them today, mate. <laughs> today was probably his best game of the season, and let's give credit where it's due. I'm not saying he's turned over a new leaf or he's going to be in the starting lineup every week now. But Elio, find the case for Harry Winks. Tell me about Winks. I mean, today. we know there's no bias here. I'm definitely not his biggest fan. I'm one of his biggest critics, <laughs> and I've criticised him on this show. But today. I thought he did everything he wants from your sort of your dead central midfielder. He was winning his mm. tackles, he was shielding the defense well. But more important than that, he was actually positive in his passing. And the big problem myself yeah. and a lot of Spurs fans have always had with Harry Winks is that he's a bit of a crab. He's a bit of the sideways and backwards sort of Jamie Redknapp variety <laughs> midfielder. And yeah. he was actually playing good incisive balls constantly today. He played that lovely ball over the top for Son. He he won the tackle and then played in Ndombele for the Kane goal. Mm. Son's goal, all right, Harry Winks' pass was parried by Allison into Son's path. But... It came about because Harry actually split the defence with the pass in the first place. It's like Conte has just yeah. taken him and said, listen, you, it doesn't matter if the pass doesn't always end up latched onto. Just play the ball forward and mm. we will get good things happen out of that. And we did today. So this uh, same as sort of Delhi Ali. Is he turning a new leaf or is this a bit of a sort of honeymoon for the new manager? I mean, we've been here with Delhi before with Mourinho, mm. but today's Harry Winks starts in the team even if Hoybier is fit next week as far as I'm concerned. Any other players that stand out for you that you think had particularly good games or particularly bad games on our side? Or I think Emerson had a poor game. He, mm. I really liked him as a right back for us. I'm undecided about him as a right wing back. And I think Mane had a lot of fun with him today. I mean, yeah. and Robertson too. No shame in that. Robertson had a bit too much fun, obviously. Um, but he, he just didn't seem comfortable at any point today. Admittedly, against the best left-hand side in the league. That's a yeah. heavy caveat for that. I don't imagine he'll have quite the same issues when he comes up against Matt Ritchie next but at the same time it was a bit of a concern so if there was a bad performer him and Dombele while his pass for the goal was beautiful and he was actually trying his hardest and getting involved and closing down really well today I also felt that he was sloppy on a few occasions by trying to overplay it when he didn't need to sometimes he just needs to release it quickly because he's got the ability to make a good decision quickly and I think maybe Conte will have noted that on the positive side though I thought Eric Dyer was absolutely superb. I think he has turned around completely. He was so composed. And i got to say credit to Ben Davies, who may be a bit at fault with the first goal with sort of a heavy touch yeah. when he charged across to make a good interception in the first place. Mm. But did you notice Salah today? Because I didn't. And... Mm. Pre-match, they were saying, obviously, the they haven't watched Spurs under Conte at all because, let's face it, Gary Neville is a cockwomble. But um, they were saying how Salah would enjoy playing up against Davies at left centre-back, which means he hasn't seen one minute of Davies under Conte at left centre-back because he had a very good game again. And I've got to say, Davinson Sanchez gets a lot of flack from Spurs fans, but he won so many headers today. He played a couple of really good passes out, as did Dyer, and... And you've got to say, as a back three up against the best front three in the league, they did really, really well. I think yeah. I struggle to blame any of them really for any of Liverpool's goals. I have a question, Elio. Go on. And it's not overly football related. You've mentioned <laughs> that Gary Neville is a cockwomble twice now. Yes. <laughs> three times. What is a cockwomble? Is it a womble who only finds cocks and makes good use of them? Or is it a cock who only finds rubbish and makes good use of it? 
I've never thought about it in that much depth. Well, you really should think about the things that you say earlier, because <laughs> these are important. We have people who are listening and downloading these these. Well, like by that definition, cock-wombling is probably a good way of describing how I'm going to be editing this episode. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's just insipid Sorry. as a pundit. And... Massive tangent. But... That's we right, only I'm, bring I'm... you the, the best insight into football on the plus. I'm happy podcast. to justify myself. Well, well, if we keep saying the word, we need to know what it means. We so... need to back it up. Essentially, if I were to attach a meaning to it, it would be a non-literal meaning, which would very much be based in the fact that someone is insipid at whatever arts they are performing. In Gary Neville's case, punditry. He's just in the pocket of Big Solskjaer, isn't he? <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> well, that's the match for a second. That was, that was great. That was I, I appreciate Sorry. that. And, and always feel free <laughs> to introduce those tangents. It's great. But I'm trying to go through everything in chronological order here, just so we don't miss any key talking points. So we talked about the goal. Obviously, great tackle from Winks to side off. Really nice pass through from Ndombele. Lovely finish from Kane. We talked about Liverpool's goal as well. Is there any blame outside of Davies and from either of the guys in the middle, Ali and, and Sanchez, in being outjumped by uh, Diego Jota after what was a very they nice They weren't really outjumped by him. It was a bit of a free header, really, and a very well-placed mm. free header as well. It was he scored six headers despite his size for a reason this season. That's yep. because it's a tactic Liverpool use. It was a very nice cutback cross from a very, very accurate crosser of the ball. And he planted it perfectly, I think. Because remember, when you see things slow motion, they're so much worse. But it would be unfair to expect either Delhi or Sanchez to manoeuvre themselves to be able to attack that cross in that split second. Yeah, I totally second that. I think it probably goes for both the goals. You know, you, you can probably point fingers if you're looking at it in slow motion, but that's mm. drilled in the in mm. the training ground in the sense that they just absolutely, Robertson and Alexander-Arnold absolutely yeah. ping those balls mm. in. Uh, yeah. and, and like half of the training session must be the other players learning to work with cushioning the headers because they absolutely drill it at them. So yeah, I don't, yeah. There's, I don't think there's much blame there. I mean, they're the best fullbacks in the league. And yeah, exactly. back to whatever you want to call them. Mm. I can't remember if it was Neville or Martin Tyler, but one of them compared them to Roberto Carlos and Cafu for Brazil. That was stupid, but they are the best <laughs> two in the league. I suppose they're the closest, you can put it that way. I think Carl Walker might object. I think Robertson might have scored as many free kicks. <laughs> yeah. Like <laughs> that's accurate, yeah. I think Kane's free kicks are about as accurate as Roberto Carlos's. Look, Robertson, obviously, he'll be in the headlines for a variety of reasons after the game. We'll get on to talk about him a bit more. Dave, you mentioned earlier on you have to look at it in slow motion. I think quite a few of the things that happened today, I spent a lot of time watching things in slow motion. And there's a couple that I want to discuss now, just trying to keep things in order. The first one is Kane's tackle, which is obviously subject of a lot of discussion. Ellie and I have discussed this already. I think, on balance, it was probably a red card. What do you think, Dave? Definite red. Definite <laughs> red. Yeah? Yeah, 100%. He's lucky with that one. Yeah, it's, it's reckless, and I don't honestly know what, what VAR's for, if it's not to turn mm. around those kind of fouls. I think it was a red. I think it was a poor tackle. I think the only thing that might have saved him on it was the fact that he did take the ball in the process of it and he did actually was actually going for the ball in the first place as well but it was reckless and if he takes a standing leg as opposed to a leg up in the air then that could really mm. really cause some damage so I uh, mean you have talked about sort of tackets like that a lot in the past and um, yeah. I don't think there was any malice in it but I think it was a bit overheated he was excited having scored the crowd were all up for it and he uh, yeah. he went in with a bad challenge 
But I think he was saved by a lack of intent, most likely, and the fact that he did mm. take the ball. Uh, that doesn't mean that he should have been saved by that, but that's the only way I can logic it. Yeah, I think whenever I see a decision like that made, I think somebody's obviously made this decision for a reason, and you try and think about it, and you break it down, and you think it wasn't two-footed. He did have one foot sort of turned to the side. One of the feet was studs up. It was uncontrolled. It was a bit of a lunge, but it was kind of along the ground. It wasn't like he jumped sort of at knee height, like some of the horrendous tackles we've seen. It was out of control, but I think maybe they just gave him the benefit of the doubt on that, and it probably did come down to the fact that, as you say, there wasn't any malice necessarily involved as opposed to let's jump forward to the other red card now Robertson's which uh that was an angry kick wasn't it I mean he, he <laughs> meant he meant to cause pain he didn't care if he got ball and man just ball just man he just wanted to kick something well, and he did great footballer though Robertson is he's a bit of a scumbag and he has got some form for dangerous aggressive tackles including against us and it wasn't actually his first lunge in the match anyway it's just the first one that made contact and Mm. I think it was as much as Kane's I think was a clear red let's say Kane's should have been a red card this would then be a dark red I guess like that was the worst (laughs) challenge of the two it was it was really really bad and well this will be a three-match ban won't it well he went out there deliberately to hurt the guy it was an outlandish kick in my opinion and the force with which he did it when you actually see the speed that he charges at him yeah it's it, it's akin to it's something horrible. out of ufc or something it was disgusting. <laughs> it's, it's nasty dave do you agree that was a dark red no 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 controversial just, uh, explain uh, borderline yourself. orange card for <laughs> me that one i Ooh. just uh first of all so a deliberate kick let's get this out of the way are you gary neville in disguise i don't understand why we even bother with the you best take a look at that on the screen, mate. It's fucking yeah. drama. It's nonsense. <laughs> when was the last time any decision wasn't overturned mm, yeah. when somebody was told to look at the screen? It's basically yeah. taken the entire situation out of the hands of the referee and given mm. it to the fucking mob. Yeah. Sorry, I'm swearing too much. Getting too aggressive. Get it all out of system, Dave. It's Granite Xhaka's fault. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, basically, I thought that was a definite yellow a definite yellow. It would have been a definite second yellow, obviously, if he was already on a yellow, which he probably should have been already by that fact. Mm. But if we're not totting up, I don't understand why that's a red card. I think he went for the ball. He missed the ball. Don't get me wrong. But he's not endangering that player. I, 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 I think he does endanger the player. I don't even think it's reckless. He I think absolutely he's trying to get the ball. Legs. Yeah, he he got in with his he got a leg his leg on leg contact. He scissored his legs around him like he, he literally didn't twisted his legs around him. He he swinged his left no, leg. He just and he got the other guy's he leg. Him. He didn't boot him. He got him with his leg. He didn't mm. get him with his foot. We'll have to disagree on this one. I think I it was intentional. I, I don't understand. I don't understand why it was turned into a red card. To be honest, I I think that was mm. just peer pressure from the referee, which is what VAR apparently is nowadays. I mean, the referee well. did a horrible job all game long anyway for both mm. sides. He was so inconsistent within the match, which is always horrible to see. He's just a weak ref here, and he shouldn't be yeah. refereeing anything above sort of under-16s. Mm. But I thought there was no intent to get the ball. I think he was frustrated that they just conceded the goal they conceded straight after taking the lead, and he just went in to take his anger out on Emerson. I don't think he even knew where the ball mm. was when he made that tackle. I must admit, that's what it looks like. I think like, if you, it? I think if you add them up in terms of potential of injury, that's lower than Kane's. I think Kane's yeah, had quite possibly. But I, I agree with that. Kane's mm. probably had more potential of injury, and that's why I think his should have been a red. But I think Kane's 
was an attempt at the ball, even if it was a very bad attempt at the ball, whereas I think Robinson was taking the law into his own hands. This was Ben Thatcher territory. Yeah, I, 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 see yeah. what, I see what you're saying, but at the same time, you know, there's plenty of professional fouls that go around where people just get frustrated and do something do something stupid and get a booking and it mm. doesn't go to VAR and the peer pressure doesn't land on the referee and the referee collapses. Yeah, but they're not usually at this pace. Cancels the yellow and puts a red out. Usually it's think, a small I, kick I, or a I, I just think it's... Um, it just it just feels... I, I knew, don't get me wrong, I knew as soon as it went to the screen that it was going to yeah. get sent off. Mm. That was, you know that what was that written. Means. Yeah. Um, but... Yeah. I'd... In fairness, it did Liverpool a favour because they were better with 10 men than they were with 11. Yeah, that's a good point. Well, actually. yeah, to be honest, Spurs were on top and they were looking for the killer blow at that mm. point and it, mm. it kind of did slow the game down and it kind of did... It was almost there. Andy Robertson with perfect game management. Maybe. <laughs> 11 v 11, we were going for that third. All right, with our finishing today, we may not have yeah. got it, but 11 v 10, Liverpool were just time-wasting and killing the mm. pace of the game and taking the intensity out of it. Yeah, that was the only circumstance in which Liverpool would have said, OK, let's play for the draw, not let's try and win this. And that's the last time they opened up and allowed us to break mm. the way we have been doing so well the whole game. So, look, I don't think we're going to agree completely on that one there, Dave. <laughs> but if it did go to a vote, I want it on record that I'm going with Elio on this particular decision. But <laughs> let's talk about another decision. We talked about the referee a fair amount already, and we're not done with him, not by a long shot. A few penalty claims today at both ends. So where should we start? Which was the first one? So there Jota. was there was one on Jota, which was, uh, it looked like, from one angle, it looked like a bit of a tag team from Emerson and Sanchez. <laughs> but I think it was Emerson who actually made the contact. A player we talked about, you said, was not having his best day. Player, in fact, Elio, you said you'd sub off for Doherty after no more than 33 minutes, mm. I might add. So what do we think of that? Because so, it was clumsy at best, wasn't it? On first instinct, it was a Stonewall penalty. I've seen it back mm. since I've got home and also actually heard the referee's justification for it, or maybe it was VAR. It was a justification for it of yeah. some description and then watched it with that in mind. And apparently the reason it wasn't given as a penalty is because they believed Jota actually stopped deliberately to receive the contact. And if you actually mm. watch it back, it looks exactly like that. Now, maybe I'm seeing that now that I've got those words in my head and I wouldn't see that otherwise, but... If that's the justification for not giving it, then I've always got frustrated by players getting penalties by essentially initiating the contact. So I'll go with that. But listen, real time, it looked like a penalty and I was surprised it wasn't given. And I was then surprised that VAR didn't give it afterwards. Dave, over to you. This um, uh, I missed and it didn't make it onto Sky's highlights. <laughs> oh, that tells you all you need to know, really, so doesn't it? So it obviously a wasn't a penalty. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, well, look, don't, don't you fear, because there were a couple of other penalty shouts, and I'm hoping at least one of them made them on. So there was another one that didn't really receive too much attention. I must admit, I shouted penalty when I saw it, and it was the one with Harry Winks, just on the edge of the box. And I think it was Matip who made contact with him. And Elio, we talked about this again. You thought this one might have been a penalty. I mean, Harry Winks was in the box by the definition of him, the box, which is at least one foot yeah. on the white line or within. And he was taken out by Matip and no ball was touched in that motion so I'm not yeah. quite sure what the ref was watching in that instance I thought that was as much of a penalty as Jota's one if not more so and let, let's say as much of to try and seem at least a yeah. bit impartial but uh but <laughs> yeah I, I mean I think the ref had it in for Harry Winks because Harry Winks got clattered in the second half as well just outside the mm. area and absolutely nothing was given I, th- I think he must have uh, reversed over the ref's dog or something like that <laughs> If anyone has any theories as to what Harry Winks did to the referee, then please send them in. Dave, did you catch that one? Did you see the the Harry Winks challenge? There wasn't much fanfare around it. It was very quickly summarily dismissed. 
Uh, afraid not. I'm, afraid all I'm not, going no? through the BBC, BBC text chat and and the <laughs> plus Dave chat on WhatsApp. Yeah, but yeah, certainly from what I saw from the BBC text, it, it must it, almost be better to watch the games from that perspective for you sometimes, just to see. Well, I us kind of chatting. dip in as soon as it gets tasty. <laughs> like, oh, okay, I should probably pay attention now. I'm gonna have to put it on. Yeah. I'm gonna have to stop watching the Grinch. Okay, well, look, to be fair, there were so many incidents in this game that I'm not surprised I had to cut it at a certain point with the highlights. So there was another penalty shout, wasn't there? There was Delhi's. This one I saw. Delhi's one, yeah. Right before their goal to take the lead. Um, yeah, so Delhi, he's one-on-one, ball over the top, takes it down, arguably could have done better, but he definitely went down and there was definitely contact. But what do you make of the sequence of events there? I don't think it was a penalty mm. at all. I think he went down a bit too easily. Uh, I, I would have dived. preferved. I don't think he dived. There was obviously contact. There was the obviously contact. a push. But I I think he played for I mean it. I don't even think he like played for it. I think he he felt the hand and he went down and the hand wasn't really forceful enough to make him go down and the ref made the right decision there for once. So I don't think it was a penalty. However, the old cliche is that if you do actually give that push, if you do put your hands on someone in the box, you're giving the ref a decision to make. And while I don't think it was a penalty, I'd be curious as to whether that would have been awarded had we been a Northwest team playing in red or sky blue. Basically, uh, I think either Manchester clubs or Liverpool would get that or at least get a proper VARing of it. So I think, uh, all right, that sounds very conspiracy theorist, but we all know it's true. Um, and, well, and Well, I mean, if we didn't already, perhaps it was confirmed moments later with the second Liverpool goal, because there's certainly a fair degree of controversy surrounding that one. What do we make of that? Listen, I don't even know what the rules are anymore. I don't, so I'm not going to profess to say according to the <laughs> rules that should have been disallowed or according to the rules they got it right because I think the way they treat handball has started confusing the hell out of all of us lately. But, mm. and you'll, you'll, you'll know I've said this previously, so this isn't just me making this up because it favours Spurs. I've always <laughs> had the belief that an accidental handball when the hand's in a natural position, i.e. something that sort of, it would have hit the body anyway or anything like that, if it's... Yeah. A defender doing it in his own box, it shouldn't yeah. be a pen. But not making himself bigger is the exactly. But I think if it's in the other box and it leads to a goal, mm. I don't think the goal should be allowed. And this did lead to a goal because if that doesn't happen, Loris doesn't palm it into Trent's path, who doesn't cross it straight onto Robertson. So the rules may well say that's a good goal because it was an accidental handball. I don't think an attacking handball that leads to a goal should ever be allowed, personally. That's my opinion. So I think we got screwed. Well, this is how I understand the rules. And, and correct me if I'm wrong, feel free to jump in because I'm not claiming that I know them all entirely. But this is how I interpreted that passage of play and what happened according to the rules. And I've always understood, at least with the recent rules on handball for attackers, if the ball touches your hand in any way as an attacker and mm. the build up to a goal, the goal should be disallowed. And the issue today was whether... That handball, which was it clearly did touch Salah's hand, was that in the build up to the goal or had a new passage of play started? And obviously, as the result came out, it was deemed that a new passage of play had been started. And that's where I take issue because the ball didn't even leave the box, did it? It was still an attack. They had players mm. bombing forward. It was not cleared successfully. It wasn't like it come back out. It hadn't turned over. It basically deflected back into the path of Liverpool again and they went again and they scored. So yeah. Can anyone think of anything to suggest that that's not the way to look at it? I find it very strange. If it had I gone think... in, it would have been given as a goal if it had gone in off Salah's hand. Exactly. If Salah had scored, if Sa if, if Loris had just moved out of the way and said, here you go, Mohamed Salah, put the ball in the net, no goal. Goal disallowed. But because... Maybe he should have. Shot, 
Well, I mean, hindsight's a wonderful thing. That's the problem, though, isn't it? That is the problem. It's you, as soon as you introduce something that could be argued for or against, Mm. you're in a position where we will argue for and against Mm. it on forums and podcasts. It becomes subjective, Uh, which is not good. It almost needs to be, I I almost feel like when it's an attacking player, it almost needs to be the equivalent of when the ball hits the ref. Like, just stop. Yeah. Game stops. You can't yeah. handball it in the area when you're attacking. Mm. You can handball yeah. it in the area when you're defending, as long as it's not making your body bigger, as you said earlier. Yeah. Uh, and mm. we can take a look at it, because I believe there's something called VAR, which is a completely you know, mm. fair way of understanding whether something is or isn't a foul or infringement. So it's simple. Yeah. All you do is make sure that the team that is on offense, attacking, as you would say in England, I mm. uh, don't know why I said offense, <laughs> <laughs> the offense, um, yeah. would, would 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 clearly immediately stop the game if it touched their hands mm. or, yeah. or their arms. Whereas if you're in defense, you can probably play it out in the same way that they do that ridiculous offside bollocks mm. and then take a look at it afterwards. It's yeah. Easy. It's easy. Why don't we write the rules? It does seem pretty straightforward to me, Dave. I won't lie. It does seem a bit strange. But it's because we're really whole... smart people, Dags. We are. We are. We are. Clearly. We clearly are. I mean, we've, we've just successfully hat, defined the made-up word. So we're doing very, very well. I guess it just comes down to what defines a new passage of play, which sounds decidedly ambiguous to me. But I'm sure somewhere in the deep, dark corners of the uh, Football Association rules, you can find it. Dave, you're impartial in this. You have no reason to sort of give me the answer I'm, I'm looking for here. If we are Manchester United in that situation, do you think that goal gets Wait, allowed? you're saying Dave's impartial about <laughs> Manchester I'm impartial against Manchester United. All right, let's not say United. I'm not sure. Fine. If we are Chelsea in that situation, if we are still, Chelsea... Same thing. Still same not thing. any better at the moment. <laughs> still still there. Let's find, fine. let's find a team that haven't recently beat All right, Leeds. fine. Roll reversal. Uh, if it was us scoring that goal against Liverpool, do you think the goal stands? Oh, well, this isn't know. a conspiracy theory to be I, clear. I, would, I really hope it would. I really hope it would. I really hope that they... I'm not into conspiracy theories. I'm really, mm. really quite hopeful that the world isn't against smaller teams and There's four no corruption big teams. in football. Everyone knows that. <laughs> right? Only at the very highest level. I mean, Just I don't think it's a conscious yeah. bias, but I do think... Man United aren't at the highest level, so you know, maybe, <laughs> yeah. maybe it's not against them. You know, I, I don't know. It's, 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 I feel like that's a slippery slope, Elliot, and I'm not going to step on it. But, um... <laughs> You're like a manager trying not to get drawn into saying something he shouldn't. It certainly gives someone pause. Let's put Mm. it that way. Go on, Dave. Bring the game into disrepute. (laughs) (laughs) I'm surrounding the referee right now. What's the football manager response? It's like, I I don't want to say anything that will get me in trouble. (laughs) Yeah. Storms out, I believe. Storms out. (laughs) No, don't do that. We've got half an episode yet to record. (laughs) We've got plenty left to talk about. Well, look, I mean, unless I'm missing anything, the equaliser is kind of the next talking point. Bit of a quick goal, jumping on mistake. Not really too much to say about that. Another goal for Son. Touched on it earlier. Harry Winks has started passing forward. Good things happen. I mean, yeah. it was actually a very good pass, but Allison is a very good sweeper keeper who got mm. there before Son. Against most goalies, Son latches onto that and puts it away anyway. It just so happens that Allison swept it up and fumbled it, which was great because Son then just has an open goal to pass into. It was the luck we deserved because we were by far the better side today and we hadn't made the most of our chances. Our fault, I know, but we, yeah. we deserved that to happen in our favour and thank God it did because... It was beginning to look like another long drive home, even though mm. I wasn't at the match. I was at my father's in <laughs> yeah. Hertfordshire, so it's only a half hour shorter than usual drive. 
Well, the XG certainly agrees with you in, in the fact that we had 2.46 to their 1.65. Always loved XG. Dave, I know, you're a big stats fan, Elio. You've made that very clear. Dave, do you agree with Elio in the stats in that Spurs probably deserved more than Liverpool out of that game? Or do you think a draw was a fair result from what you've seen? Or do you think Liverpool deserved I mean, it? There were some incredible chances for Spurs, which you don't, mm. you wouldn't anticipate them getting against Liverpool and not converting. Let's put it that way. You almost, yeah. you almost when you're playing Liverpool, even if it is a... I'm not going to say decimated because, you know, you guys don't know you're born decimated. Um, <laughs> depleted starting 11s, let's put it that way. But yeah, their midfield was definitely not their first choice midfield. And mm. oh no, they've had to replace Virgil van Dijk with a £40 million defender. Oh, exactly. Yeah. What are they going to do? Mm. But yes, a depleted midfield, you know, you see it as an opportunity, you go for it, you played well, they played okay, but they have real talent and they just know, they just click when they're playing well and that's exactly what they did for the two goals, you know, they were just right people. Mm putting the right balls into the right people who are in there at the right time. I think it was fair. I think 2-2 was fair. I think it was a good game. It certainly deserved having four goals as a neutral. Mm. I think there was a lot of reason to watch it. And to be honest, I wish I'd watched all of it. Sorry, I only caught second half. I'm sorry too, Dave. I think you should have watched all of it. Maybe, maybe this be a lesson to you. That Spurs I'll are send now my kids over watching. to your house next time yeah. Spurs are playing. And I'll watch the whole game. Yeah, brilliant. Can't wait. Um, obviously, uh, quite a game and plenty to talk about, as we have done. Elio, if you were to point out the biggest positives to take away from that game. Obviously, the result itself is a positive, And like we said before, it's a good result. You're, you're always happy with a draw against a team like Liverpool in the form that they're on. But... What are the main positives from the game that you can take away from that going forward into the second half of the season now? We're looking like a cohesive and well-tuned team for the first time. All right, we're still making sloppy mistakes because it's still coming together bit by bit. They're playing a new system, but we're looking drilled and cohesive and fluid for the first time in at least three years, basically, since before Mm. the Champions League final in 2019. We've been playing at half-mast and all of a sudden... I think we've gone from running the least per game in the league to running the most per game in the league. I think our players know what to do when they have the ball. They're making the right runs. And that performance beats 15 out of 20 teams in this league, home and away. You guys were in the Champions League final in 2019. Have we not mentioned that before? Didn't you know? That is is new information. I'll tell you what, Dave. Next time you listen to one of our podcasts... Did you get a trophy for that? (laughs) I mean, more than the semi-finals. Um, Dave, did you you ever play in the Champions League semi-final? Maybe. Yeah? Yeah, oh, you should tell us about it sometime. I've heard about Maybe a team that Maybe were the last team to knock Barcelona out of the group stage. <laughs> who who was that, Dave? This is all news <laughs> to me. I feel like I've woken up from a coma. I feel like I'm Cillian Murphy. <laughs> this is in danger of going way off the rails, and we've already taken many many tangents. So, anyway, let me let me ask you another question about well about today, but also kind of segueing into our next couple of games. Obviously, our next game in theory, is going to be a cup game. It remains to be seen whether that's going to go ahead. But either way, looking ahead to West Ham or Crystal Palace, which is our next league game, out of the players that came in today, the ones who weren't in our regular first team, are there any that you'd like to see get another start anytime soon? Absolutely Harry Winks. And I never thought I'd say that, but absolutely yeah. Harry Winks. Um, you put him in for the next I game. I put him and Skip in. Today's Harry Winks compliments the Skip we've seen all season very Mm. very well also there's the old romantic in me that likes the idea of having two youth academy products in our midfield (laughs) then the decision is whether you play a sort of the spare in the three kind of breaking forwards in Delhi or the guy who's more likely to find that through ball and make that space in Ndombele and that's the decision you have to make but I guess Lucas is in that conversation there as well isn't he (sighs) Lucas is as well but I almost feel that 
the way they played in the two up front formation today instead of the three up front that we've been playing with Son, Kane mm. and Lucas, our attack gelled a lot better. Whereas with Lucas in the side, the reliance on him to do so much of the heavy lifting for the other two means that there will be games where I think we struggle to break through. And also, Lucas is an incredible option with his pace and his energy to bring off the bench, whether you're trying to close a game down or whether you're trying to win a game. And that should be factored in too. Listen, we've got a squad that's a little bit ragged at the moment. And after two weeks of not playing, they're going to have three games in the space of a week in theory. So I'm sure we'll see a couple of different lineups. I think the nice thing to see now is that for the first time maybe this season, we appear to have options in midfield rather than just a best midfield and a backup and a plan B. We actually have the luxury of being able to Mm. perhaps pick different combinations for different opponents. So what happens when a manager actually coaches the players? (laughs) (laughs) Who knew? Who knew? I mean... Football's quite simple really, isn't it? What the f*** was Mourinho doing for two years? (laughs) I mean... Dave, care to add anything to that? I'm just going to say I knew. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, Dave knows what it's like to actually have a coach. Well, look, let's talk about the next game. I mean, what do you want to talk about? Do you want to talk about the West Ham game? Or, or do we want to kind of wait and see if that actually goes ahead? Or Because it's it's kind of up in the air a little bit, isn't it, with everything that's going on um, at the moment? Let's hope it goes ahead, because if it does, I think we'll yeah. win. Hmm. That's probably all that there needs time. to be said right now, because... <laughs> Let's face it, we've got the Palace game as well, and we don't want to go into too much depth about a match that may not happen. But it would be nice to get to the semi-finals of a cup competition. I like the League Cup. It's the only trophy I've seen us lift <laughs> yeah. in my life. <laughs> like, we have to like the League Cup, don't we? So, you um, have to. <laughs> when, when would the semi-final draw be? If we, you know, Assuming that we're going to steamroll a West Ham, as you, you've just confidently asserted. I'm joking. But if we do win, will we know by our next episode if we're who we're playing in I, the semi No, I don't think so. I think it'll probably be no. next week. Oh, Fair enough. Okay. But the games are usually in January, end of January, the two Fine. legs of the semi final. But I've seen oh. us, I obviously saw Woodgate winning it once. I saw Alan Nielsen winning it for us the other time. I've also seen us lose a few finals in it. And it, mm. I've, had, I've got better memories of that than the FA Cup, to tell you the truth. And I also never quite understand why we value the FA Cup quite as much more than the League Cup as we do, because I think the League Cup's actually harder to win because of the lack of amateur sides so there you go aside aside from the fact that the semi-finals are two legs which is mind-boggling in this current climate yeah um there is a potential for the last four to be arsenal chelsea liverpool and spurs i mean that shows what happened to the magic of the cup (laughs) that's pretty cool isn't it where are the giant killings? Oh, get get over yourself. It's all good, <laughs> and, well, all good and well, giant killings. Well, you know, Sunderland could be Arsenal. Let's hope they do. Brentford Let's could be so. Chelsea. That's actually not that unlikely that, based yeah. on Chelsea's current form. Well, there you go. But poor Chelsea don't have any players, right? Oh, don't get me started. <laughs> <laughs> no, please, please do. I was hoping to get Elio started, actually. That was me trying to light the fire. Well, there. obviously, we need to at least allude to what's gone on with the COVID havoc the last couple of weeks. Hmm. Yeah, we don't want to make light of it. But... Let's not... Let's not overdo it, but having that many games cancelled in a row, one of which was because of us, one of which was because of Leicester, and one of which was because of the Premier League slash UEFA. It's a bit dispiriting. And I think the authorities handled it shockingly. Like Leicester and Spurs both wanted the Leicester-Spurs match last Thursday to be postponed for different reasons. Leicester because they had no players and Mm -hmm. Spurs because we'd already had to do that with our Rens game and we needed to fit the fixture in and we could have fitted it 
in on that Thursday and played Leicester at a later date. Premier League yeah. refused to accommodate it. We're likely to get kicked out of the Europa Conference League now. Mm. And Leicester, on the day of the match, when the players were already up in the hotel, still ends up getting postponed. The Premier League are an absolute joke. They are run by buffoons and <laughs> the, the amount of sporting integrity involved at the highest level of this sport is absolutely shocking. Primary school children would do a better job. If they found cocks, they wouldn't even know what to do with them. They would not womble any cocks. I remember when this was a professional outfit, guys. We started so well. It's Christmas. Way, way back in the first few episodes, we were taking this so seriously, you know. Dave's fact, drunk on wine and misery. It is Christmas, to be fair. It is Christmas. I'll let everyone off. And look, let's take it back to one of our earlier episodes, because of course, one of our first, maybe two or three episodes was actually discussing the last time we played our next opponents in the league, Crystal Palace, which was a horrible game, if I may cast you back, to the dark days of Nuno. Mm. Uh, we lost 3-0. I believe we had a red card. Um, mm. It was all quite a mess, really. So a uh, chance to avenge that next week, hopefully. What do you make of uh, Palace at the moment? Not doing too badly. I mean, Conor Gallagher's on form. Palace never do too badly. Palace are a decent side. They they were under Roy Hodgson. They are now under Patrick Vieira. They have a few mm. very decent players. Obviously, Zaha's on his day a great player as well. And uh, I just think that... You never want to underestimate them. However, that loss to Palace was an anomaly in the greater history of Spurs versus Crystal Palace fixtures for obvious reasons. <laughs> and I would be disappointed if we don't gain some form of revenge on Boxing Day. If we play like we did today, what's your prediction for the scoreline? Listen, we won't play like we did today because we're going to have more of the ball as opposed to less of the ball. They're not going to be attacking as much, which means we're not going to have as much space in behind. So we're probably going to have to be a bit cuter with how we do things. But we do have the players to do that. And now that Kane has got that monkey off his back, hopefully he, he takes the next step up and goes on a bit of a run. And if he does, then God help our next sort of seven or eight opponents. Mm. I find that fascinating. Why don't you, you know, you just said we'll have more of the ball. Why don't you just let Palace have the ball then and just do it? Because you played great today. If you if you did exactly that what you did Mourinho's today, tactic. you'd win 6-0. Yeah, but I'm sure Palace will have some say in that as well. I mean, they're probably going to yeah. come to us to just play in their own half. Well, then, then, then what happens? Is it just a ball in the centre circle and you go all just going, go on then. <laughs> just stubbornly standing it? by. No, after you, I insist. I think everything I've heard about Conte is that he adapts game by game to whoever he's facing. Mm. He's, let's not go tinker man levels, but he, he really does gear everything he does towards the next opponent. And I'm sure he'll get it right, V Palace. I think everything I've seen about Conte managing Spurs so far shows me a guy who actually knows how to set a team up and then change things in game as well. There you go. Brilliant. Well, guys, unless you have anything in particular that you were desperate to get off your chest, I feel like we've got quite a lot of our systems in the last 50 minutes or so. But was there anything else you'd like to add before we uh, we move things along and maybe start up a little festive challenge, Elio? Or, uh... Yeah, I'm, I'm just thrilled we haven't touched on Leeds. I mean, shall we? Oh, Dave, you know what? I, I had every intention no, of no, asking no, you about no, no. Leeds. Let's move on. You've just kindly reminded me. In all seriousness... Dave, and I'm not being a troll here because, you know, football is a strange game and it, this could well be us in a few weeks, but are you genuinely worried or are you still thinking, long way to go, a lot of teams... I'm only worried if, the, if, the, if we keep having injuries and keep not getting COVID. I feel like that's how, that's how you well, survive that's in this league. You just need COVID and less injuries, whereas we've got, that hard we've got no COVID and we've got loads of injuries. <laughs> Our bench against Arsenal was... I, I said a crash like four weeks ago. I didn't realise. Mm. You know, what's less than a crash? A maternity unit. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Um, Do you think there's an argument 
you've just alluded to the fact that teams that have had more severe COVID issues have had fixtures called off, whereas you've had, let's say, more traditional injuries and you've had to play the kids. Do you think there's an argument to say that given that these players, by and large, seem to be double vaxxed, by and large, do not seem to be getting seriously ill from COVID, that maybe when a squad does end up paper thin before it, teams should be lumping it and just dipping mm. into the under-23s that don't need to be registered as part of, of the squad. Course. Of course. Of course that's how that I've been happen, saying that, but, you know, but I feel like a monster is, saying it. But the only problem is that has the potential to devalue the competition because, you know, ultimately it's the sponsors that pay the money and the money is spent because it's good quality football, like the game we just watched with Spurs and Liverpool. Mm. If it was Spurs under-23s and Liverpool 23s, it would be a different game. Um mm. That's, that's the how problem. fairy tales the problem start is as the well. problem. And, and also the fact that Chelsea yeah. didn't even bother playing 23s on the bench mm. is just unforgivable. Yeah, that's a bit sad, Don't play. It? If you've got 15 fit players in the first team, then pick four people who deserve it out of the under 23s or don't have a 23s and disband the whole chuffing thing. Because what Chelsea is the point? are a horrible club. It's a joke of a club. Chelsea are a horrible <laughs> club. Is that all it is? Is that what you want to say? Or elaborate um, or is that? You've known my my long term views on Chelsea Daggers. I, uh, <laughs> I have, yes. You remember when they had uh, Mourinho managing Terry and Drogba in the if team? If I may quote to you, I recall I asked you why you hated Chelsea, and you said it's simple: their chairman is a wanker, their manager is a wanker, and their captain's a wanker. So, <laughs> and their fans and their star striker. I think I involved them as well. <laughs> Did you? Oh well, I, I was trying to. Yeah. You know, they're a filthy club. Well, I, I've I've never I've never liked Chelsea just because of the history that Leeds have had. You know, I've been chanting that we should wash our mouths out and get our father's gun for, you know, <laughs> 25 years. But this is just, I feel like this is a new law. Tuchel has played such a ridiculous holier-than-thou card here by saying, oh, we should have got it postponed and then putting five people yeah. on the bench, two goalkeepers. I mean, it's such an empty gesture. And not a bad first gesture. team, all things It's considered. such an empty gesture. Mm. You, you, the, the people that he played on the bench were... Perfectly acceptable first team players, and if he if he dipped into his twenty three, he'd be able to find perfectly acceptable people to go on the bench that he'd probably only put on at the last resort. But he's done it as a statement. He thinks he's being clever. It's absolutely ridiculous. I can't stand it. It really does boil my piss. And he's doing himself out of an opportunity as well because everyone loves the manager that gives a kid a chance, that discovers the next big thing. I mean, mm. Van Gaal at United basically got by on the fact that he he gave Rashford his debut. I mean, yeah. Tim Sherwood still crows about the fact that Harry Kane broke through under him. Um, <laughs> his discovery, like, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, David Pleats basically discovered every player on the planet at some point. But never totally agree. I totally agree. Totally agree. All the positives he got from you know throwing Chalabar into the first mm. team and starting him is gone. Mm. You know this is the kind of thing I would expect Gary Monk when he's managing Leeds to do in a cup game to prove a point to the chairman to say he needs signings in January. Yeah. But we're not even there. He's not even proving a point to the chairman. He's just being a. <laughs> the language is getting worse the longer we go into this episode. This is. I'm going to have to start officiating in a minute. You're going to start wishing um, for Wombles. <laughs> of the Christmas list. But yeah, that's my issue. The other thing on that though is that what does it say to the younger players? If you're another 23 in that team, you're thinking, if I'm ever going to have a chance, that's it. now. And it's you time to must go not feel very valued by your club if you're seeing well, this sort of thing It's time to happen. go and learn, oh no way, I've done that for the past six years. Oh no, that's our secondary business model. That's yeah. what I've done for the past six years. Oh, mm. what am I going to do with myself? I'll probably run out my contract and then go play for Newcastle. Newcastle, <laughs> Newcastle behave. <laughs> go play for Yeovil. <laughs> 
Fair enough. Well, look, we've credited Chelsea with way too much airtime already, I think. So let's uh, let's keep things moving along. Yeah, hot we? showers uh, needed all around. Exactly. I mean, we've had enough swear words in this episode already. I don't think we need to add too many more. But if anyone listening, or if anyone is still listening, well done. And I hope you're enjoying our long-awaited return to a podcast. But uh, if you have anything to contribute, if you have any thoughts on what was an absolutely insane game with Liverpool today, or anything Spurs-related, anything to do with the whole situation at the moment and our upcoming games, then please, as always, get in touch with us and follow us on social media our accounts on both instagram and twitter are at plus day podcast and we do have an email address which is plus day podcast at gmail.com so uh, we'd love to hear from any of you please get in touch and you know no matter how ridiculous wild crazy controversial your thoughts might be we would like to hear them we might even read some out if we get some so please get in touch but next on the agenda is challenge elio and mm. it's, it's been a couple of weeks so guys might be a little bit rusty it's a straight shootout one-on-one this week, Dave versus Elio. Dave, Elio doesn't think you should get double points anymore, so I'm curious to get your thoughts on that. I think you've proven yourself as an equal. I mean, I've had a few glasses of wine, so I feel <laughs> Ooh, like I should actually. get double points. Today. Is there some kind of handicap system? <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's Christmas. I, n- I never would have known, by the way. Don't forget, it's Christmas. It is Christmas. It is Christmas, which is, you know, it's the time for goodwill towards all mankind. Yeah, and, you, you know, know Leeds that have include Elio. A, a tough time recently, so... <laughs> I feel like I feel like you should. You want sympathy points? Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, I'll take I'll take them whenever <laughs> they come. I'll tell you However what, they I think, come, whenever I think they you'll come. You'll be quite happy with the questions I've gone with today because they're Is not the, answer the most Spurs. They're not the most Spurs-centric questions. In fact, one of them has nothing to do with Spurs, as is Excellent. often the case. And one of them is a Spurs question technically, but it's one that I think is fairly universal to non-Spurs fans and just generally about world football as well. And it's actually, it's borderline trolling, actually. You, you could be forgiven for thinking you wrote this question, actually. You'll understand as I read it out. So an interesting, startling stat I read recently, which you may have heard, is that no fewer than 45 players have left Spurs since we last won a trophy and gone on to win silverware elsewhere, amassing a combined total of 136 trophies between them. Now, I should stress that this includes things like the Charity Shield and uh, leagues in, shall we say, lesser countries not lesser mm. countries that sounds that sounds like a horrible thing to say but uh less lesser less important countries. or less less uh leagues, leagues, I shall we say yeah, I, think that, I think that's probably the diplomatic way of saying it but you know nonetheless they are trophies mm. and uh, what i would like you guys to try and do is to name the eight of those players who have won five or more trophies since leaving spurs and this is only including players who have left spurs since we last won a trophy being the league cup as we mentioned earlier dave as it is christmas and as you are wearing a christmas hat i, I have a question before we get fair. into this are we talking about players who have won sort of top trophies in main leagues or are we going to talk nope. about minor nope. trophies We're talking about it? nope nope they they could have won a league in burkina faso for all i care that counts so yeah, you want anywhere. the top eight i want the top eight so anyone who's won five or more and if you can name the number of trophies that they've won, then I'll just throw in a bonus point because, you know, it's Christmas and I'm nice <laughs> like that. But I'm going to give Dave the first shot at it because I think it's only fair. There are a few, let's say, slightly obvious ones to get things started. They get progressively, dramatically less obvious as the list goes down, but you should be able to get them all with a few clues. So, Dave, who's your first guess? Can well, you get top spot? <laughs> I feel like it has to be my first guess. And I really hope it's not wrong. Because I don't have many other guesses <laughs> until I actually start thinking about this and writing them down. But yeah. I'm going to go with Gareth Bale. Gareth Bale is not top of the list, but he is, of course, on the list. Can you guess how many trophies he's won since leaving Um I'm going to go with eight. This includes, I mean, you're wrong, so I'm not going to give you the point. But just for the sake of it, it, this does include the Club World Cup. 
and the UEFA Super Cup as well, trophies, by the way, just to give you a flavour of what it's counts about as a trophy 14, for these then. purposes. It's 13, Dave, but I'm not going to give you a point. It was a good, good second guess, but no. Gareth Bale is second in the list with 13, I was going to say major trophies, mm-hmm. but let's just say 13 trophies. So yeah, fairly obvious one there. Um, Elio, I have a feeling you might get number one. I think it would be um, Gareth Bale's mate who left us a year before he did. And uh, I'm going to go with uh, recent world player of the year, Luka Modric. That doesn't count as a trophy, does it? No, no, I should I should say. <laughs> first of all, I think it's the Ballon d'Or, technically, mm. uh, that he won. Um, they combined secondly, them, didn't they? Secondly, I'm not including individual accolades, and I'm not... Yeah, they may well have done, actually. Is Modric in the list or not? Modric is top of the list, yeah. Okay. You, you already knew that. Modric has... Can you want to guess how many trophies? It's definitely, included, it's included definitely double figures. It's a question of how much. Well, it's definitely double figures, because second was 13, Elia. Elio wasn't listening then. (laughs) I wasn't, um, in honesty. All right, 13, so I'm going to go 16. It's bang on, yeah. Oh, that was a fluke. That was a a fluke. I haven't been stalking Luka Modric since he left us. (laughs) He's got the Wikipedia. Uh, Two La Ligas, Copa del Rey, Super Copa de España times three. Four Champions Leagues, Jesus. Three UEFA Super Cup and three Club World Cups. So yeah, those are the top two, which I, were the first two I expected you to get. Um, there's one more. Is this all time or obvious. Premier League or? This is since Spurs last won a major. This trophy. is since 2008. So since yeah. 2008. Yeah. But it... players who have left Spurs since 2008, to be clear, well, not they've won trophies since 2008. Players who have left us since we last won a trophy, who have subsequently won five or more trophies mm. of any description. Okay. We're going to go to some some countries that you I mean, might want assume, to I'm assuming that's, that's a long time ago because, you know, you guys haven't won a trophy in a long time. <laughs> um, but I'm assuming, he left so, you, I'm assuming he left you since then. So Michael yeah. Carrick. No, Michael Carrick's not on the list. When did Michael Carrick leave us, Elio? He left us in 2006 because we sold him the summer we bought Berbatov. So that is the only reason, or well... A main reason why he's not on the list, because he doesn't qualify for this list. You bastards. I'm afraid. It's not a bad guess, though. Mm. It's not a bad guess. It means it comes back to Elio to try and take a commanding lead. And he's probably the player that's done the best in the Premier League um, mm. of all of these guys. I actually thought he might be top of the list, um, but I guess the others left earlier than him. Carl Walker. Carl Walker is correct. He is third in the list with three Premier Leagues, an FA Cup, four League Cups, and uh, two FA Community Shields. Quick like those counts. Quick maths. Yeah. Okay, I guess he's won ten trophies in total. Oh, well done. Uh, you know <laughs> what? That was quick maths. So um, I'm going to give you. I'll give you half a point for that. I thought <laughs> we were doing that. To be completely honest with you, uh, but yeah, Carl Walker is right. So uh, yeah, so this is where it gets a bit trickier. Might have to start throwing out a few clues here, but I think um, give you one more guess each, and then we might just do a sort of shout out free for all, just to keep things speeding along. So uh, Dave, anyone coming to mind? I feel like I want to give you a clue. I'm 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 striking out here. I'll tell you what, I'm gonna give you a, a little bit of a clue in that Michael Carrick was along the right lines in a way. Which you can probably infer what I mean by that. Can't believe we're already at the point where you're trying to screw me. <laughs> along the right lines of Michael Carrick. So he's made some yeah, bad I... life choices. <laughs> he's got a silly well, beard. Not, and he's not, not as good a manager as all this whole show. Interesting. All right, hmm. let's go on. I don't feel like I can say any more than that. You know, they they have something in common. I'm drawing an absolute blank here. Okay. 
All right, so what? Let's open up to Elio and let's just let's just do a free for all from here on out. Elio, the carrot clue giving you any uh, inspiration? Yeah, I, I'm assuming you mean Berbatov going to United. I do mean Berbatov. Who left? Who, who would left probably be the first Man player United. in your list to leave us as well? Yeah, because he, was he in left that us team, that summer. He? Yeah, indeed, indeed he was, and he won two leagues. Actually, you know what? I've, how many how many trophies did he win, Elio? You tell me. I've just told you the leagues. We're, we're still doing that. Um, you say they're all five or more, didn't you? So. I don't think yeah. he won that much because he was only with United for be five years. So, <laughs> hmm. did he win anything with Monaco? Don't think so. Um, Didn't win anything at Fulham. Doesn't look like it. Should we get? Are we it counting like rubbish like Community Shield and stuff? We are. We are indeed. Six. Six is correct, and that includes two Community Shields: the FA Cup and the Club World Cup. Just an educated guess, Charlie. Yeah, six. Very good. Very good. Is he We're now down to. He's not. So there's one on five. You know what? Let's forget. Let's forget guessing the numbers now because you can kind of do it by process elimination now. There's one who has won nine trophies. There's one who has won eight trophies, and then one who has won six and one who has won five. I'm gonna to have to start throwing clues out. I might have to start telling you the tournaments they've won, telling you the trophies if that helps. Which it should. It do. probably won't. Any wild guesses before I start naming trophies? No. Okay. I'll tell you what. Let's go from the bottom up because this one's a tricky one. I'm going to tell you all the trophies that this guy's won, and I would never have got this. He has won Ligue 1, the Coupe de France, the Coupe de la Ligue, whatever that is, uh, and the Trophée des Champions, times two. Five trophies France? in France. He is French, I believe. Oh, um, hang on, I've had a <laughs> celebrate this one that definitely never played for you. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not that guy. The only... I think we might have even sold him to PSG ridiculously because he wasn't very good. That's correct. You don't mean Ben Stambouli, do you? That's outstanding. I do. Benjamin oh. Stambouli, oh who played how many games for Spurs, is. Elio? Would you like to guess how many games he played for Spurs? Just to show how ridiculous that guess was. 10? 11? 12. <laughs> <laughs> you were getting there. If I just let you continue, you'd have got there. 12 games for Spurs, yeah. I don't, I don't even know that. outrageous is. one. So yeah, he's won five trophies since leaving Spurs. Even if they are in the game, but they are probably more prestigious than some of the trophies won by some of these other contingents of the list. So the next one up, he has won some trophies in Russia, the Russian Premier League, four Russian cups, and the Russian Super Cup. The only player I can even think of that we had that went to Russia was um, Charlie Bedran Chorluka. Chorluka is correct. Very good with six trophies. Uh, This is meant Um, to be a free for all. It yeah. is. I'm just not at this saying point it is because I don't I'm know not, the answer. With all respect to Dave, I feel like he's going to struggle at this point with some of My these. My mum taught me if I don't have anything good to say, don't say anything <laughs> at all. So <laughs> I'm not sure you've adhered to that for this whole podcast. I feel this this is a bit unfair on Dave. Don't worry, I'll get one. I'll get one. When you least expect. When you least expect, guys, I'll get one. All right, Leo. This one's probably quite easy just given the country. Um, and this is in number five with eight trophies. Four Egyptian Premier Leagues. Mida. Nope. Well, we only had one other Egyptian. Awesome so, yeah, Dave got it. Yes. Yes, Dave. Double points. Triple points. Yes. <laughs> Outstanding. You can have a point per trophy that Hossam Ghali has won since he left Spurs. <laughs> Eight trophies, including three Egyptian Super Cups. See? See? Cup. And our stuff. Yeah. Outstanding. I got some um, stuff in my back pocket. Next up is a man who you will both be familiar with. Um, who has won... I'm going to start with... I'm going to go backwards with his trophies on this because it'll really give it away if I go with the first one. But he's won the Copa del Rey. Well... He's won La Liga. 
Decora. Trippy has not been at Atletico that long, and we haven't had any others at Madrid. So I'm going to go with a guy who unexpectedly ended up at Barcelona via China, Paulinho. Correct. It is Paulinho. I really wanted to get in there while he was giving this big chat about how he knew the answer. Paulinho! (laughs) I wish you had much. Yeah, Yeah, do one, Elia. Three times winner of the Chinese Super League, um, and two times winner of the Chinese FA Super Cup and the Chinese FA Cup AFC Champions League, which I'm assuming is the Asian Champions League. Mm. And yeah, nine trophies Paulinho has won since leaving us, which is uh, quite startling. Is he still in his prime, Paulinho? <laughs> I, I don't know if he ever had a prime, did he? Before no. we signed him, surely. Mm. He was, he was, he was a rubbish um, touted as the next Frank Lampard or a Lampard-esque player. He's 33. He made me, he made me Miss Jermaine Genus. <laughs> he's we used to call him Paulinas actually I remember that was our nickname for him mm. the Brazilian German genius so yeah coward of a footballer that's, that's that coward wow I'm old fashioned Dave I believe midfielders should take responsibility for doing something with the ball and Paulinho just hid he always seemed to get himself marked one of those <laughs> is that old fashioned or is that just good sense he went from from China to Barcelona to China <laughs> didn't fancy like, it Dead it's like, I wonder, I wonder if I've still got it. No, no, they go back to China. No, nope, yeah. no, nope. this yeah. is a big mistake. I'm, I'm going to earn even more this. money, but in a league where I'm one of the 10 best players. And to be default. fair, he then he then went back to China and played 19 games. He scored 13 goals on loan. So How many goals do you think you would score in the Chinese Super League, Dave? I don't know, but happened? then he signed on on permanent on a permanent deal. And for, in two years, he played 49 times and scored 31 goals. <laughs> Jesus. Just one of a, a long list of players who have had significantly more successful careers either side of playing for Spurs. He's a goal right. machine. I think he is a massive... Um, he, he basically, goal machine. He is basically Barcelona's transfer policy of the past decade in a nutshell. <laughs> yeah. I was shocked when I saw that it signed him. Still admit, not as was, bad as them getting Kevin shocked. Prince Boating, who also oh played God. for AC Milan. Who's probably... I'm surprised he's not on this list, to be fair, because he's played for some big teams. Jesus, yeah. Wow. Then again, AC Milan even had Adele Tarabs for a bit. Good, yeah, exactly. Right. Lucky guys. Question two, guys. And this one, as I mentioned earlier, has nothing to do with Spurs. It's just a general world football question. There's a lot of talk recently about the Ballon d'Or. We've mentioned it once already here. And the Ballon d'Or winners over the last God knows how many years have been pretty easy to name because it's been the same two guys over and over again. And the runners-up, by the same token, have also been pretty easy to name. So what I would like you guys to try and do is to name every man who has come third place in the Ballon d'Or for the last 20 years. And there are 15 of them, many of whom obviously have won it more than once. Mm. So there are, yeah, 15 men who have finished third place in the Ballon d'Or since 2001. Who's going to go first? And I think, I feel like I need to give you the first the first shot at this one now, Elio, just because, you know, you'll, you'll be upset if I don't after giving Dave the first go last time. It's only <laughs> fair, isn't it? All right. I, mean, so, I don't think it means anything. Here we go. First guess. Neymar. Neymar is correct. Neymar has been third place twice in 2015 and 2017. Dave. Mm, Neuer. That's that's a rogue one, but it is right. In 2014. Well, I, remember, I remember him uh, actually... after, the, after the World Cup, wasn't it? And it was still a Messi-Ronaldo situation. Yeah. He's um, not the only goalkeeper in here, actually. Interesting. Oh, that's a clue. That's a clue. A clue just before Elio's turn, but he probably doesn't need one this early. I'm going to go with Iniesta. Iniesta is correct. 
finishing third in 2012 mm. when Spain won. Go have to European go for his mate, aren't I, Javi? <laughs> you might, you might have to go for his mate, and his mate is actually the guy with the most third place finishes. Um, thanks Did he get to a, a couple of his mates? No, no, unfortunately not. No, no. Maybe if it was a Spurs player, we'd have given him one. But he has, uh, he has a trophy. He has third place in '09, in '10, and in '2011. Wait, let me let me just mark down who's getting these so I remember. Elio, next name. It's a bit easier than the last round, isn't it? Lewandowski. No. Surprisingly. Well, probably he because second just now. Yeah, he finished second. And I thought maybe he, he was third have, last year. Probably would have finished. Top. We're just naming people that finished. We're just naming people year. that finished third, right? Yeah, just third. Yeah, just third, which is a tricky this one because they're the pun, lesser. This is a pun, but I, I think it might be a trick question, so I'm going to say it. Messi, Messi is on the list. He has finished <laughs> third in 07. Before he actually, I believe, before he won any Ballon d'Ors, he was third. That, there's no double that points been for behind. this one. I feel like I've just given an answer potentially to Elliot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to follow Dave's lead on that and say Cristiano Ronaldo. <laughs> Cristiano Ronaldo is correct. Interestingly, he didn't come third until 2019. Huh. Oh, really? Wow. Last. Yeah. I mean, I don't think he was in the top two every year other than that, although most years he has been, obviously. Mm. Well, I mean, obviously not every year in this because it starts in 2001, but 2008, I think, was probably his first one, or 2009. Dave? Playing um, I have faith in you. We're, we're neglecting the early 2000s here. We haven't gone too many in there. Oh, living in the now, Dags. Mm. Um... Oh, who said? Um, Name another show pony. Who uh, said Iniesta? By the way, I forgot to write down who that was. That was I said Iniesta. Dave said Javi. Another show pony. I'm going to go for Neymar. Yeah. I already said Neymar. We had Neymar. Oh. Ooh, do we give him another shot though? Yeah, punish give him, him for another not listening. Shot. No, oh, give sorry, him another shot. sorry, because yeah, you weren't sorry. listening earlier. To be fair, so and I still got the question right. You're still busy <laughs> thinking about it. Um, All right, Dave, you get another go. But have we said? Have we said who came third this year? We haven't. Well, that was, that was Jorginho, wasn't it? It was Jorginho. Very good. 2021, Jorginho. I mean, ridiculous third place, but yeah. Yeah, it should have we been. We all know. We've, we've talked about the Ballon d'Or. We know it's a bit, of, a little bit silly. And yet, for some reason, he we're is talking about it again. The list. Wow. And fun, here we are. It's Christmas. That's my excuse for everything. So you're saying the last 20 years, yeah? The last 20, well, yeah. Yeah, the last 20 years. I mean, it doesn't include, obviously, there was a year there wasn't one, but there are 15, and we've already got seven of them. Going off. The year Brazil won the World Cup last, which I think just hmm. falls into it. I think it went Ronaldo, then Rivaldo in the top two. So I'm going to have a stab at Ronaldinho as third. Ronaldinho is on the list, but from 2004. Oh, I, I still get it. Oh, you still disgusting. get it. You do. No, you do. You get it, but you, you fluke it. But yeah, he is on there. It's fluked it. Third in 2004. Um, but you're probably thinking of 2002, aren't you? Yeah. Hey, I just gave you a um, another stab after you said Neymar. Yeah, you do. <laughs> yeah, be nice. Fair enough. All right, Dave. Um, so the, the goalkeeper next? chat has got me thinking, mm. and I can't. I honestly can't think of any goalkeepers that have come anywhere near it, apart from Neuer, for a long time. So I'm going to go with that horrible German goalkeeper for Bayern. What's his name? Kahn. Oliver Kahn. Oliver Kahn. Oliver Kahn is in the list twice. In 2002, I'm guessing he is. He was, just the World Cup you were talking about. He was actually, interestingly, player of the tournament at that World Cup, but that was decided before the final, in which he made a little bit of a howler, gifting (laughs) one of two goals to Ronaldo, who ended up being the top scorer. There's a lesson there. And probably should have won the player of the tournament, (laughs) but take nothing away from Khan, who was great, Mm. and was third in Ballon d'Or voting that year and the year before, 2001. So, Mm. correct. Points to Dave. 
single points today. So we now have six remaining, and they're all very much household names. Shouldn't be too difficult. I'm going to continue the German theme and go <laughs> with Muller. No, surprisingly. Really? No, he's That's never come third, which I suspect he's obviously never come higher than that either, from what I can remember. But perennially underrated, I think, for a lot of his career, mm. perhaps. There's some people that I don't want to say because it makes me sick when I say their names, but I'm going to have to. So, um, yeah. They play for a certain team in red. Wayne Rooney. No, no Wayne Rooney. Good. <laughs> Good. <laughs> I think he maybe came second one year. Maybe just, you know. Was gonna go to when was gonna go to this the ceremony. I know where this but, is going but already. I had to, you know, do a you don't hard have to ride to a brussels. Oh, okay. You finish this. <laughs> um, we've really got the knives out for X Man United players today, haven't we? Yeah. Well, they are all cock mumbles. Um, I think I need to pour myself some more <laughs> scotch if I'm going to see the rest of this out. <laughs> Drink responsibly this Christmas, listeners. The title of this episode has to be cock mumbles. <laughs> Unfortunately, I think you're right. I can't think of a better one. I think it's going to have to be. Mm. Doesn't need any explanation or context. I'm trying to remember who scored the winning goal for Germany when they won the World Cup because I have a feeling that might be. Oh, it definitely isn't him because that was a ridiculous. I was like, he, he's that's the been kind of thing that gets that you in the since. conversation, though, doesn't it? That, that's that's what the Ballon d'Or is like. He's been dying out on like that, that ever since, and he's done. F all since he he was one of those one. Based on what you just quite... said, that's told me who it is. But I don't actually. I think you're probably right. It probably wasn't him. It's definitely, it can't be him. No it way. Couldn't have been even in the conversation. Screw it. Just in case, because I kick myself if he mm. is, and I don't say it. Gotza. No, it's not Mario Gotza. Fair enough. Whose go is it? It's your go, Dave. Let's guess. Come on. <laughs> Big names in there. I've still have faith in you guys. You don't need clues yet. I can start giving you the years. Steven Gerrard. Steven Gerrard is correct. 2005. Yes. Third place. That was the year of the uh, the miracle in Istanbul, wasn't it? Or was that the year before? When they came back to beat AC Milan? I don't, I don't care. I'm, I'm just trying to make conversation, Dave. I'm just you know, <laughs> filling in the dead space and the silence. While Elio thinks. Elio, you have five left on the list. I tell you what, based on them winning the World Cup, but was he that? Yeah, he was good that tournament. And I think he was good in another tournament as well. Griezmann, Joe's favourite player? Griezmann is Griezmann, just Griezmann has come third twice okay. in 2016 oh, there you go. and 2018. Obviously, two good years for uh, his country. Very good. Dave, pressure's on now. We've only got four left. None of them are players I feel like I need to give clues about, though. Uh, I do appreciate it. It's getting tricky. And I'm sure no one's been keeping a note of what years are remaining. Either. I haven't really been paying attention to the... <laughs> no, no, you, you mentally checked out half um, an hour ago, didn't you? Uh, but you just, admit, you just mentioned a Frenchman. And I think there's another Frenchman on there. Yeah. Gary Neville's ugly brother, Franck yes. Ribéry. Franck Ribéry was third place in Ballon d'Or voting in 2013. Very good. I think they won the Champions League with Bayern that year, didn't they? <laughs> and while we're talking about... Frenchman, I can't accept mm. that he never got on the list. He never won it, but yeah. he was always right behind. I think Quick day, he's still in while he's monologuing. Thierry Henry. Oh yeah, no, I should have gone for it. I was thinking about him, and I think that's the year Cannavaro won it, didn't he? Because Italy won the World Cup. It was, yeah. yeah, definitely was, yeah. He definitely won that in '06, and they got to the final. So yeah, makes sense. I'm assuming Zidane would have been second, probably for headbutting Matarazzi. <laughs> I'd give him it for that outstanding mm. moment in world football history 
How many have we got left? Surely we're done. Two. Two left. Oh, God. I can give you the years. I think it's fair that I give you the years now to narrow it down All a little right. bit because we, yeah. we're losing well, track. Well, it's my go. Said. Definitely give me the years. Now that it's your go, I'm going to tell you the two years are 2003 and 2008. All right, 2008. See the cogs turning in your head over here, thinking of Champions Leagues and World Cups and Euros. 2003 and 2008. 2003. It's still Dave's go, but yeah, get some answers ready. I think I, I think I might have to go into don't clue territory I'm, I don't for think one I've of got them. anything. 2008. Mm. What was happening in 2008? Well, that was the first. Wasn't that the first? Um, am I am I jumping two years ahead of the game? Wasn't that Spain's first major trophy? Tell me, Dave. Euros. Uh, Euros 2008. But you tell me. We've Dave, already I've said we've already said their two best players. So. Yeah, this is a third place game, though. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Um, you passing? Oh, what about what about oh what, what about, about that horrible man? That horrible man <laughs> who was a de- half decent footballer. Yeah, horrific manager. Ate mm-hmm. too much. Fat Frank Lampard. No, he's not on the list. Good guess though. Thank I God. Thought he'd be Thank in there. God. I, th- I think he might have come second once. Fuck I off. might. I might be making that. Up. <laughs> 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 I feel like I should have had the full list out here just to just to add commentary. 2003 uh, no. and 2008, you said. 2003 and 2008. Any, any guesses? Where's your mind taking you? Or do you not want to give Dave any clues? I'm, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> Dave's already thinking about the Who Am I game. 2008. You did say just now that Spain won their first competition that, that year. So I think it must be a Spaniard. But who? We've what, said the two. Third? Like Dave said. <laughs> We've said and wasn't their best players. Mm. Just because well, he scored, just because he scored the goal in the final, I'm going to go with Torres. It's a very good guess. It was Fernando Torres oh, in 2008. Man, did I just give that to him? I applied the Gotso yeah. logic. Yeah, 2008. Which was that? <laughs> that would have been a Ronaldo year, or I don't know, or or a Messi year. I'm guessing I mean, it's one of those two. It's probably going to be. One I'm going of to go them. out on a limb. And I imagine Iniesta probably would have been second. Oh, I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? It doesn't matter because all that matters is who was third place in the Ballon d'Or in 2003. A year that did not sadly no have idea. a World Cup or a Euro, but Pat. it did have Champions League, I assume. No, it was not Postman Pat, a.k.a. Fabio Capello, but good guess. It's probably steering you in the right direction, though. See, that was back in the days when people not called Messi and Ronaldo, wasn't it? It was, but it was certainly in the days where you were watching football, so... Uh, I think I still give you an outside shot at it. I'll tell you. I'll give you this clue. There is a distinct difference between him and every other player in this very vague clue. So it's a defender. It must be a defender who won the I Champions League that. in two thousand and three. No idea. Wasn't that wasn't that Liverpool's ridiculous final? No, that was completely. We were talking about that earlier, weren't we? I think that was later. But you're inching closer, Elio. I'll tell you that. Dave doesn't even care about me giving you clues. He just wants it to be over. <laughs> yeah. You, you're taking baby steps towards this man. There's no international tournament, so that's what I've gone nope. for. So he is a man, so that's that's a clue. I did say men at the beginning. I, you know, I didn't want someone to call me out afterwards and say you forgot to mention all the women that have won the Ballon d'Or or come third. I did say men. So it's a defender, because mm, you said it's maybe. not like anyone else, and we've had midfielders, strikers, and goalkeepers. 
It's good powers of deduction. Who you won may the be Champions correct. League in 2003? Who's a famous de- defender? That was the all Italian final. It was Maldini. Maldini. I mean, it's Elio's go, so regardless, he gets the points. But I'm curious to say who said that first, because you were right there with him. Is that right? It's Maldini. Paolo Maldini. <laughs> yeah. 2003. I mean, good on him. I mean, you know, it, it's extra impressive when a defender gets in the reckoning, mm. especially without winning well a World Cup. Well played, Paolo. There you go. So, wonderful hair. I'm not, I'm not even going to count that up, but that looks quite even, just on my E's and D's that I put on my little screen here. Dave's wearing a dressing gown, but it looks like a smoking jacket on the poor it's definition pretty gangster. feet. It's, it's actually a cardigan. Oh, is it? Right. With, to- with togs. So, so Dave, you've, you've traded in your festive Santa hat for a comfy cardigan. No, he's had and a I got, cardigan. And I got my hair cut today, so I wanted to show uh, it off a little bit. It's looks, a looks, looks very looks good. A little bit, it looks a little bit Morrissey at the moment. Because of the hats, it's lovely. It's just such a shame that our, our Thanks, listeners man. can't see this, and this isn't a video podcast, really, isn't it? We're gonna have but... to do a um, uh, for one of your tweets, Dags. You're gonna have to like yeah. almost fake the definition Reveal. of cockwomble from a dictionary, and entry. then put a picture of Gary Neville underneath. It. <laughs> <laughs> like cockwomble noun. I tell you, the... who's gonna be happiest <laughs> upon hearing this podcast? Sean Longstaff, because he's no longer our main target of abuse. He's been replaced. Yeah, he's, he's, be he's breathing this a long sigh of relief. Isn't he? <laughs> yeah, he is. I bet he's going to be really happy this week. <laughs> so anyway, moving on. Moving on. Should we do the Who Am I game now? Yes. I'm a little bit concerned actually this week. I feel like I might have made this one a bit easy. So I'm going to be very selective with the clues that I give. Can I go first? Do you want to go first? It's not necessarily yeah, an man. advantage to go first in Who Am I, is it? If it's easy, it probably is. If the first question is, I'm five foot nine. First clue. Dennis <laughs> Darren not... Anderson. Oh, well done. That's the end of the episode, guys. No, <laughs> I, I did think about it, but the problem is I'm going to think about it every week now and it's going to become a, a meme and one week it will be him and Joe will get it straight away. Right. It's not Darren Anderson, but... If Joe somebody... ever comes on again, he's Imagine slacking. if it was Darren Anderson on the, on the, on the, on the week that Joe wasn't here. <laughs> I know. I don't, I, could, I don't think you'd that. forgive me. I don't think you'd forgive should've me. should have done it. Okay. I played 63 games... For Spurs. First clue. Who's going first? Dave wanted to go first. So, uh, with that gem of a clue, he's free to make a guess. Mido. No, it's not Mido. Next clue. <laughs> this is difficult because these are all quite good clues. I am my country's fourth most capped player. Okay, so it's definitely not Darren Anderson. Um <laughs> We're still in the stage where I'll be very upset if one of you gets it. So try and make bad guesses. Fourth most capped player, Sergei Rebrov. No, it's not Sergei Rebrov. Okay, this might narrow it down a little bit. I scored two goals at the 2010 World Cup. We've got a bit of a time frame now. Anyone jumping out, Dave? Dave, are you with us? Yeah, I'm thinking. Okay. So that was after you last won a trophy. Mm-hmm. Not sure what that's relevant for, but okay. I feel it's very necessary. Um, Have there been complaints recently that you've not been a big enough troll in the podcast? I've just had a bit of wine. Mm. Um, No, nothing's jumping out at me. Okay. Should I throw out another clue? I have played in five top flight leagues. Five top flight leagues. Mm. I've not written them down, so I might need to check that out in a bit, but... Stephen Pienaar. No, it's not Stephen Pienaar. 
As a child, playing on the streets, I idolised Romario. Yeah, that narrows it down. <laughs> I mean, it might at least give you a bit more of a window in terms of when he was playing. But I mean, we know he was not. playing in 2010, for a start. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, was that beginning? Was that later? Get the calendars out. It's not doing some maths. Is that not helping? No? Okay. No, Another really. clue. Another clue. This one, I wouldn't be surprised if one of you gets it off the back of this. I have played with Zlatan Ibrahimovic and Cristiano Ronaldo. Kevin Prince Boateng. No. By the way, are you just both shouting it out or are we going back and forth now? Was that uh, we're going back and forth. Okay. okay. So now and Dave. I really want to read one of these out, but I feel like it might be a big giveaway just because it's very funny. But I read it eventually anyway. All right. This is one that I think might tip it off for Elio. I once scored, and this is a Christmas-themed clue, I once scored two goals for Spurs in an away win on Boxing Day. I don't know what his name is. Uh. You don't know what his name is. That's, no. that's going to be a problem, Dave. Yeah. You you want to think about it? or? Uh... Yeah? The next clue is a good one, though. You'll like the next clue. You passing? Go on. No, I pass, yeah. As a pundit, I recently described Harry Maguire as really shit. Oh, I've seen it. <laughs> oh, I can't remember his name. Elio, have you got it? Yes, got it. I don't have it Van from Vaart. Van de Vaart, Van de Vaart, Van de Vaart, Van de Vaart. It was my go. Oh, controversial. I'm just calling him out. I'm just saying Van de Vaart. It was Van de Vaart. Van de Vaart. Controversial. Elio, I believe sincerely that you were about to get that. But I disagree. Did you get it before that clue? Were you, had you thought of it by then? Um, only from the played with Zlatan and the mm. the fact that he scored a couple of goals. That's where I got it, but I couldn't remember his name. Mm. It was Zlatan at Ajax and obviously Ronaldo at Real Madrid for about five minutes before they... I mean, you can give it to Elia, sure. Yeah, but, yeah. You know, Just out of charity. Give, you yeah, should, should give let it him to have me. The points. You should yeah. give it to me, but you know... If you want to be charitable, I'm happy give to give Elliot, Dave a draw given his enthusiasm there. <laughs> In fairness, I do believe that Dave knew who it was earlier. I just think that knowing the actual name is quite important when it comes to quiz <laughs> answers. There was one more clue, actually, which I think would have given it away, and I deliberately left it to last. Is it a helicopter pilot? I, no, no. <laughs> it's probably better, it might even be better than that. It's I've recently started a new career as a professional sportsman in another sport. Yeah, handball. Sport yeah. in inverted. No, no, no. no? I sport in inverted commas because it's darts. Oh, Van der I can't, is I can't now wait. A professional darts player, or at least he's trying Amazing. to be. Oh no, his wife, if, his if girlfriend not, is a dart is a handball player. If we're not investing oh, right, in a yeah. in a random Spurs footballers guess who game, then I, I don't think, know what I we're doing we're with our lives. Here. I think frankly. when we're off, when we stop recording, we need to discuss this before someone else does that. it. Before one of our listeners takes our idea. We could even do if you're listening, don't steal our idea. Position. We could do rows by position. <laughs> yeah, like it. defense, midfield, attack, goalkeeper, coaching staff. Does he have a helicopter license? Is Does he, he only have four teeth? Is it Joe Jordan? <laughs> yes, it is. Move on. <laughs> well, look, we're, we're now an hour and 40 minutes into what has been 
our most uh, rowdy podcast in quite some time. I think we should all stay very sober for the next one, I think, mm. even if it will be Boxing Day. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> So that's not going to happen. But uh, we'll, we'll probably wrap things up there because we, we've got a lot to look forward to next week. And apologies for making you guys wait two weeks for this, mm. this episode. It's been a bit of a theme in football recently, but we didn't have a whole lot to talk about last week. And I think we'd all earned a break. And obviously mm. we're back with a bang this week with quite a game to discuss. And hopefully we have some interesting games or at least one game to discuss next week when we come back to talk about the Palace game and maybe even the West Ham game and to look forward to what lies ahead after that. So all that to look forward to. And of course, this being our last episode before Christmas, on behalf of the Plus Day podcast, I wish everybody, all of our listeners, a very Merry Christmas, wherever you may be. And uh, Especially Big again. Mike. Especially Big Mike. Yeah, yeah. Big Mike being uh, Joe Brooker's dad, Mike Brooker. So yeah, yeah. Big Merry Christmas to him as well. Never misses an episode. Never misses an episode. He's our number one fan. And we will, of course, be doing some more Challenge Elio and probably swearing way more than we should and drinking more than we should and all kinds of fun like that. So we hope to see you all again next week. Please get in touch with us on Twitter and Instagram at Plus Day Podcast. You stay classy, Spurs fans, and we will see you next week. Here's Lucas Moura. Oh, they've done it! They've done it!